Get ready to rumble. Chilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Frank Gaffney, founder and executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy, author of the new book, The Indictment, Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America, China, and the World. And Frank Gaffney, thank you for joining us today on The Schilling Show Unleashed. It's a delight to be with you. Thank you. I want to start with our first big strategic mistake with China, and I'm wondering if this goes back to the Nixon years and if there were errors made at that time or if it even precedes that. There was a mis conception, I think. And personally, I believe that it was not so much on Nixon's part as it was on Henry Kissinger's, that uh, the China card that President Nixon was interested in playing against the Soviet Union would translate into a more general entente with the Chinese that would benefit both countries. And uh, Henry Kissinger has made a fortune promoting that misconception and exploiting it for his own benefit. But I think that Richard Nixon in his later years recognized that uh, what was done uh, on his watch and in his name did not work out the way he envisioned it and has given rise to today's existential threat to freedom of the first order. We talk a lot about distinguishing the Chinese Communist Party from the Chinese people, and we understand there's a difference there. But policy-wise, how do we enact that, and how do we play it out? Or is it really just one and the same for purposes of our foreign policy? The way we do it is um, very much out of the playbook of my old boss, Ronald Reagan, Mm -hmm. which is to try to make the distinction as sharply as we can between the people of the nation involved and those who are misruling them and who are in the process very seriously oppressing them and threatening us. And one way that Reagan used, which I very strongly believe should be applied today, is with the notion that the illegitimacy of the regime, again, in uh, Reagan's case, the Soviet evil empire, as he called it, Uh, in our case, what I believe is best described as a transnational criminal organization, misruling the people of China, form of the Chinese Communist Party. And I think our purpose has got to be to make clear that we appreciate that the Chinese people have suffered tremendously at the hands of this mutual enemy, and that uh, we have no difficulty with them, but we certainly do, and they should as well. And and in our book, The Indictment, by the way, um, we start off by having as the first of nine 
charges in what we believe is a case that should be prosecuted against the CCP, as it's known, the Chinese Communist Party, starting with the crimes against humanity, most serious and largest number of victims of whom have arguably been the Chinese people themselves, uh, enslaved nations that the Chinese now call China as well, but but also Han Chinese uh, by the tens and tens and tens of millions of people, 100 million or so overall have been murdered. And that doesn't count, by the way, the 400, maybe as many as 500 million that have been murdered in the womb by the Chinese Communist Party. So we have a basis for common cause against this uh, regime, I believe, and we should be maximizing our pursuit of it. Let's talk about the one of the other charges that you referenced, which is the Chinese Communist Party at war with America. It certainly seems like the way we're looking at it, they're just a, a competitor, and yet they don't look at it that way at all. Well, um, a competitor in a sense, I think you could say. Uh, they believe that we are competing to be the, as they famously put it, the one sun in the heaven. It is a competition that they consider to be a mortal death struggle over which of our civilizations, which of our nations will be preeminent, and there's no space for the other. So that's very different than the idea that a lot of uh, capitalists and, for that matter, a lot of politicians in the United States have had, which is that we're just going to, you know, try to outproduce them in certain consumer goods. And, you know, if they're able to take advantage of <laughs> slave labor, mm-hmm. for example, uh, that uh, we can we can do the business over there and then we can sell them other things, maybe services and uh, somehow it'll all net out. OK, it's not so. Obviously, this is a strategic clash that has, I believe, the full uh, weight of the Chinese government, yes, but also society being brought to bear to assure that it prevails. That's not a competition in any sense that uh, most Americans would be familiar with. One of the charges that people have a very hard time accepting, and I say people because I'm excluding present company and the people that listen to you and listen to me, but the general public does not believe that the Chinese Communist Party waged biological warfare against the United States of America, and this may well be ongoing. So how do we proceed by getting this information to the general public and letting them know this is happening? Because they frankly don't believe it. I'm not sure that's true. Mm. I think that the American people have uh, been misled about this for a long time and have, for most of the period, particularly of the the virus and uh, the pandemic, been encouraged and and disposed to believe what they're being told, whether it's by their health authorities or whether it's by elected officials or, you know, other government entities, Tony Fauci most notably. But I think increasingly it's becoming obvious to them that something's very seriously wrong here uh, with China and its conduct. And the evidence is coming out. You know, the Times of London, arguably the paper of record in Europe and maybe beyond, recently did a piece in which they talked about the State Department, even the U.S. State Department now, they're coming to the conclusion that this thing came out of a biological warfare laboratory in China. And here's the thing. We've done a book on the subject in addition to uh, the new one, the indictment, called uh, CC, The CCP is a War with America. And it was the product of an intense study by the Blue Ribbon Group, a commission we called Team B3, 
And uh, the conclusion of that group was that, yes, indeed, it was cooked up in a laboratory. And yes, indeed, it did come out of it. On. But the most important observation was once it was out of the lab, however it got out, we're not sure whether it was by accident or intentionally, but however it got out, the Chinese Communist Party made sure that it was disseminated worldwide, including to our country. And that means that it is a biological warfare attack. And I think the American people have begun to recognize when they think about what's wrong with this picture, that that is an option. That is an explanation of what happened here. And I think it's mostly just a question of uh, continuing to connect the dots before they realize uh, fully that uh, that's what we're up against. And it's probably not the last of these attacks, um, but also more to the point, And this is really why we wrote the book, The Indictment. If you connect the rest of the dots, it's clear that they are at war with us. They are trying to take us down. Uh, this is just one of the instruments they've used. And by the way, don't take my word for it. This is this is right out of a playbook. Two senior colonels of the People's Liberation Army published with obviously the permission of the Chinese Communist Party back in 1999 mm. to describe what is uh, the nature of the war and how it would be waged against us before they were strong enough militarily to use the old-fashioned technique of uh, shooting war. And they would use, instead, economic warfare. They'd use subversion. They'd uh, go after our energy sector. They would take down uh, our military. And by the way, a key point of this is that they're not doing it alone. They've been doing all of that and more with the help of people they call their friends, in the United States, these are captured elites. And if I had to say to your audience, the single most important thing to know about this war we're in is that the Chinese have indeed captured our elites. And this is part of why I think many of us are being badly informed about the true nature of the Chinese Communist Party and what it's up to. Uh, we're, we're listening to leaders that we presume have our best interest in at heart and uh, are telling us the truth when in fact in too many cases starting with by the way the president of the united mm -hmm. states we're dealing with people who are playing for the other team help us to understand the magnitude of this control that they have over joe biden and what it means because again people as you said assume that our president would have the best interests of the united states at heart and yet it doesn't seem to be the case here but connect the dots for us well, this is an unfolding story. Obviously, we're learning most every day, it seems, um, more about the extent to which Joe Biden and his family have been personally corrupted, not just by the Chinese communists, by the way, but by others as well. Influence operations uh, take advantage of people like the Biden family. They went along with it, even even knowing, as is evident from the laptop, Hunter Biden's uh, famous laptop from hell, that they were dealing, in the case of China, with, among others, people who were senior officers in Chinese intelligence. And what they did for that money that they received, millions of it, I believe, over the years, uh, and to put a fine point on it, Hunter Biden got uh, $1.5 billion mm. to invest so we're talking real money here. Yeah. But the point is that I think what they have now been shown to have done is to have sold out our country. 
And uh, let me just give you one example. I, I think, again, it's, it's right at the top of the list of, of successes of the Chinese communists' war against us. And that is the extent to which one of the elites they captured uh, was Wall Street. And Wall Street has, as a result of being greatly enriched in the case of, you know, the senior people in various uh, firms like BlackRock, for example, and Vanguard and Fidelity and State Street and the like, have transferred by some estimates between three to six trillion dollars to the Chinese Communist Party. And by the way, you can buy a lot of unrestricted warfare against our country, among other things, Belt and Road Initiative and slave labor and you know social credit scores and all the rest of it. But my, my main point is this. Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States in May of 2013, helped arrange a memorandum of understanding between the United States and China that enabled the Chinese to have access to our capital markets without having to conform to our laws and regulations. A sweetheart deal. So if indeed they got three, let's say, maybe as much as $6 billion for their couple of million dollars invested in the Biden family, well, that's a pretty sweet deal to the Chinese Communist Party. But that's that's just, you know, gives you one side of it. I, I personally believe and say, whenever I have the opportunity, I think it's true. Every policy, every single policy of this administration, from domestic policy right through to foreign policy, has had basically two things in common. One, they're all bad for America. And two, they've all benefited the Chinese Communist Party. Frank Gaffney, we had a previous administration, the Trump administration, that seemed to understand very well what was going on, and they took some substantive actions against a communist Chinese party and China in general. Was Donald Trump on the right track and did he run into international interference from people who did not like what he was doing? Because it certainly seems to be the case. Well, he's clearly on the right track. Um, I don't think he went nearly far enough, but he his instincts were good. And, and by the way, those were instincts that were honed over decades. You know, this was not something he came to just upon taking the presidency. He'd written about uh, the dangers posed by China and the fact that we were being taken advantage of by them incessantly. But I think the point is that he was facing all kinds of interference, but it wasn't just from international sources that were determined to maintain their lucrative relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. It was people like Stephen Mnuchin, the secretary of the Treasury, in his own cabinet who did everything humanly possible to sabotage the Trump policies towards the Chinese and in many cases succeeded at doing so. This is evidence of uh, what I was talking about, uh, that elite capture. Steve Mnuchin came out of Goldman Sachs and, you know, was with him and his team and assuring that uh, nothing was done to harm their lucrative business. And by the way, let me just say, the thing that's really the kicker here and again, most Americans are, are not aware of it, is, yes, Wall Street has been making a fortune off of all of this, but they're doing it with our money. It's, it's our pension funds that they're using. It's our 401k plans and the mutual funds and exchange-traded funds and the like. 
And that money is now invested in a place that we may well find in the very near future is going to have a shooting war with our country. And why that is so important is every single dime, I believe, of the money invested in China, mostly unwittingly, you know, in terms of the investors, is going to be lost. It's not coming back. And it will be uh, not just a haircut for, you know, those uh, masters of the universe on Wall Street. It will be devastating to people whose life savings have been, uh, again, I think mostly without their knowledge, put in the hands of our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. It is a frightening scenario, but people need to be aware. Frank Gaffney, if people would like to get a copy of the indictment or if they want to follow the work that you do at the Center for Security Policy online, tell us how, please. Well, we've got a couple of websites. Um, Theindictmentbook.com is a way to order the book. You can do it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and get it wherever books are sold these days, I think. Um, The website of our Center for Security Policy is securefreedom.org. And I might just uh, emphasize the book has been informed by uh, over 70 webinars that we've conducted um, under the banner of the Committee on the Present Danger, China. And it's uh, all available. You can find it in the book. We've got QR codes and so on to find them very easily. But at presentdangerchina.org, you can get basically a graduate level course on the nature of the threat we face from the Chinese Communist Party, uh, this unrestricted warfare business. And you can also uh, find out what we can do about it. Uh, And I very strongly encourage you all to take aboard the 20 different action items that we've distilled in the indictment as absolutely necessary if we are to survive our country. It is critically important. Frank Gaffney, thank you so much for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.